0: You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Loyalty is my favorite characteristic of God, but finding it
1: in him and hard. It's like trying to find God. You're the only
0: one in your camp with cheese. You pay for everything they eat. Man, that insecurity is deep, nice. No names, these are just theories if you hear me, baby. It's home, you must admit, it's kind of eerie, baby.
1: Like them chemtrails in the sky. Grand Rising, everyone. Welcome to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. We got a magnificent Monday in the works for y'all today. I'm excited because I got two amazing guests in the building. We got Dion Cook from Dentium. Ah, I got it right. He's going to be telling us all about the work that they do, getting money into those who are doing great work into their hands. So I'm excited that he's here to give us the details. And it is the first Monday of the month. So of course, we have another Mindfulness Monday with Haru Chayez Amen, bringing some tips we can all use in terms of our own health and wellness. But of course, y'all know it's the top of the show. So it's a great time for you to participate with us. Go ahead and tag and share the stream with folks who you feel could benefit from a daily dose of dopeness right here on the day with Trey. If you can't watch our show, don't worry. We still have you covered because you can listen to us anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Just search Converge Media Network in the day with Trey. You'll find me on Google, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Apple Music, whichever platform is your favorite. Uh, go ahead and search for us and you'll find us there. Well, um, I also want to give a huge shout out to those who are always supporting us here. Your donations are still helping us get things paid over here, like all of these amazing lights we have and everything else we have going on. So thank you so much to all of you out there who are supporting us. But up next, y'all, I get the chance to actually bring deep. Deion Cook into the living room set right here in the Black Media Matter Studios. We're going to be talking all about how this money is hitting the streets. What's up, Dion?
2: How are you doing today? I'm well, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing well, feeling blessed. Yeah. I'm happy to be here.
1: Well, this is really exciting for me because I learned about Dentium um, years ago when I ran into Kenny at Black Dot. And it's, it's so interesting because I saw you recently at an event and there you were continuing this work, getting the money into Black business owners hands. Uh, let's start with the name because it's spelled in a way that is not pronounced. And I know it has some type of significant meaning for you to choose that kind a name. Denchum. tell us more about that.
2: Uh, yeah, so uh, Denchum comes out of West Africa. It's uh, of the language of Chwi, uh out of Ghana. Um, Denchum by itself means crocodile. Um, and for us, that's uh, what all entrepreneurs should embody, um, being adaptable, being able to live in water and on land. That's kind of why we adopted the name. But also the logo, if you look at the logo, it's the two-headed crocodile. Um, and the story behind that is it's in adinkra uh, out of West Africa. The story behind that is when the two headed crocodile, when they fight over food, neither one of them eat. Uh, but once they realize they share the same stomach, uh, they start working together and they both get satiated. So that's really like integral to what we're all about. Like, if you don't eat, we don't eat.
1: <laughs> wow. I mean, I knew it was deep. We Y'all, we didn't rehearse that. So that was me just hearing it for the first time. But also, there's something special about the work y'all do. And before we kind of get into that, I want to talk a bit about you, because I always think that there's a, a unique story, some type of thorough line that tells me in the audience a bit more about why you chose to do this body of work. Tell us more about your beginnings.
2: Ooh, my beginnings. Um. So, yeah, so my background, uh, born and raised in L.A., so I am a transplant, but I'm here, you know, I'm here now. This is the longest I've lived in one physical place my whole life um, with my wife and now my like 18 month old and my mom even lives up here with us now. So is, this is home for us. Um, but, yeah, so it started back in L.A., uh, moved around a lot my whole life, uh, lived in Italy as a kid, lived in Vegas as a kid. Um, all over different parts of LA. Uh, my wife and I, after graduating from Cal Poly Pomona, we actually joined, we, after we got married, we joined Peace Corps uh, and we w- went and lived down in South America for two years uh, in Paraguay. And we did some community economic development work, um, which is where we worked with a lot of youth, um, built community, kind of reset our values and what we wanted. Um, it's a lot different than, uh, than LA in Paraguay. Um, and family first, right? F- family, community. Um, They had a Oro Paraguay, so like the Paraguayan hour. So like if you have an event that's set for three, it's not necessarily going to start at three. You just got to be OK with that. And you just, can, you know, kind of build, cultivate community. Uh, from there, our training coordinator and Peace Corps actually recommended we uh, transition to a boarding school up in Lake Placid, New York. Have uh, you ever heard of that? Lake Placid, no, New York? Oh no. Uh, it's way up there. It's like two hours south of Montreal. Um, So we were working at a boarding school for three years, doing everything from house parenting, teaching, weekend programs, after school programs, and we just needed a little more time for ourselves and our relationship. Um, So that brought us out here to Seattle, where we taught at a school up in Queen Anne for two years, Um, made made some great friends, uh, built community out there, and needed a little break from teaching in the private school sector, because there weren't a lot of kids that looked like us. Um, And it just kind of Kind of hurt a little bit to know that all those resources were there, um, you know, you know, for the first schools, like for the, some of the private schools, but weren't really there for kids that look like us. So we wanted to kind of take a step back and do some things a little differently. Worked at Emo Learning Foundation for a little bit, which was a math uh, enrichment program. Um, and then from there, you know, I, my co-founder, I reached out to him one day and I was like, look, I need a little break from teaching. And I, I was thinking about going into sales because another friend uh, had actually planted that in my head. Um, but my co-founder, said, if you're looking to go on the sales, let's uh, see if we could work some out because everyone in sales is a little miserable. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't know if that's necessarily true, but that was his perspective. Um, and so, yeah, well, here we are five years later. Uh, Dentrum is a certified CDFI. Uh, it's all about community first, relationship first um, and getting the, uh, the appropriate funding to black owned businesses that are community oriented.
1: Yeah, see, this is amazing cuz for those that don't know, CDFI is Community Development Financial Institution. Thank you for that. And yeah, no, I'm I'm all about it, but you know, honestly, there's uh not a lot of information out there about CDFIs, and especially black-owned and black-led ones and, and that have that lens of being very intentional to get money into Black business owners in the Black community. I mean, but I, I think essentially the work you do is really helping to make sure that these businesses are sustainable. Tell us more about some of the ways that y'all offer offer the funds to owner business owners.
2: Yeah. Um. So taking taking a step back, you know, our mission really is to to create safe pathways for Black entrepreneurship and innovation, and we do that by investing in Black um, in a thriving Black business community that serves as an anchor for economic mobility. It's like um, the two most proven ways of building wealth uh, in our country is either home ownership or equity or, or some kind of entrepreneur or owning something. Um, and there's a much lower barrier to entry to entrepreneurship than it is to buying a home. Um, of course, if we can all buy homes, that will be the greatest vehicle for us. Uh, but entrepreneurship really has the lowest barrier to entry to economic mobility for our community. So that's why we focus on this. And the the vehicle or the product that we have right now is is called a revenue-based financing, um, which is responsive to the needs of the business. So if you think of a seasonal business like a restaurant, they're going to have some high months and some low months. Your monthly payment is going to be responsive to what your revenue is that month. So if you have a low uh, revenue month, you have a lower payment. And if you have a high revenue month, you might have a higher payment, but you pay the loan off a little faster um, and save yourself a you know, a little bit.
1: Well, this is really intriguing to me because I think a lot of people, there's mystery around where the money comes from. Um, and, you know, how you get money funneled into Denchum. that then goes out to community. Can you tell us more about that mechanism, kind of the behind the scenes of it all?
2: Yeah. So funding source is critical to what we do. So we have to make sure that we get low cost funding so we can keep our costs low for our clients. Um, and our funding source at the beginning was a mix is or actually right now it's a mixture of donor advised funds, also known as DAFs, um, impact investors. Um, so through promissory note or debt for so we take on debt at a, at a lower rate so that we can pass that on to our clients without, you know, having a high interest loan for them. Um, and then, yeah, we also. We have to leverage some of these resources that are out there from local and state government and county government. So in order for us to really do what we're doing, we need all of it. We need public, private and nonprofit sectors kind of working together. And that's true for any program out there. It can't just be one funding source. It has to be a little bit of all of them. Um, so, yeah, that's I don't I don't know no, the answer.
1: That definitely answered it. I mean, because we see a lot of different programs that come out right now. We have the community reinvestment plan, right? That's 200 million. There's a whole sector for economic development. Uh, we just saw the participatory budgeting, you know, uh, for Seattle kind of go through. And it's, it's dismal the way that black folks are like, wait a minute, this money was really supposed to come to black community um, and to global majority communities. And I think that it got a little skewed, right? Like people are just like, why are we spending $7.2 million for public restrooms? Um, So that's just one of those things. But we also saw that there was a participatory budgeting um, process for um, other unincorporated areas of King County. And so that's also really intriguing. One of those areas is like West Federal Way. I'm, I'm now a Federal Way homeowner. And so I'm invested in, you know, what they were looking at to invest in. But we see that there's a need for businesses like yours that exist because these funding sources are out there, but they don't necessarily go directly to business owners. So tell us how you've been able to make sure that these resources know about your existence so that they know to actually fund what you're doing
2: relationships. I'm, I'm going to keep going back to that relationships asset. Uh, you know, we haven't really put ourselves out there um, because I'm always worried that we're going to have more applicants than we do funds to support. And then at that point, it's like, oh, they ain't about nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's always trying to fill up one bucket and make sure the other bucket isn't completely depleted, but it really comes down to relationships. Um, you know, representatives from the city, representatives from the county, representatives from national uh, CDFIs, representatives from groups, like I'm part of an alliance, it's called African-American Alliance of CDFI CEOs. So that's a group that's national where I get insights from them, connecting with CDFIs in Oregon, in Portland. And so all the way from my peers as uh, other CDFIs, as well as uh, policymakers, as well as Office of Economic Development, and then, most importantly, the local organizations, right, that are that are doing the work, that are connected to the businesses, um, that's really going to be part of our strategy in this next year. Uh, is really cultivating relationships with the organizations like RBAC, like um, groups like Nurturing Roots, groups like uh, Skyway Coalition, that are already doing the work, they're already connected, they know what the community needs. So we just want to be, we want to add value to the ecosystem that already exists. We just want to be the the conduit for funding for businesses that are community oriented.
1: Well, this is amazing. I mean, it sounds like y'all also have a really great way of doing business that is as you were saying before we even started, really no barrier, right? You want to make sure that there's either a low or no barrier for folks to start because I think that when people hear loan, right? Business loan, there's automatically there's this wall of resistance for a lot of folks, especially when they are first-time entrepreneurs. How do y'all kind of help people through that process?
2: I mean, look at any business that's successful. Um, they have some kind of funding behind them. Like it's uh, even though everyone has the starter from the bottom story, uh, everyone got some big funding. Like all these big companies out out there, they all have some significant funding, whether it's low to no cost, friends or family, or something, or some kind of equity investment. No one is just waking up one day and 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 building things like Amazon. Like you need. Uh, a community, you need a network around you, you need insights into your strategic plan, your infrastructure, and then you need capital. Otherwise, we have so many, how many ideas have you heard of that just didn't leave the ground because they didn't have adequate funding? Right. <clears throat> so I think the big thing is really, really helping um, our clients understand that funding is meant for growth. Um, it's not meant for emergencies, right? Like we really have to start thinking strategically about when this money comes in, first I need to make sure that it leads to growth for my business. I need to make sure I cover the cost of the loan, which our costs are very low, um, and I need to make sure that I have an exit plan to get out of this loan to continue to grow this business, or or a plan to get follow-on funding to continue to grow this business. So, yeah. loans are our tools. Um, it shouldn't be something scary, but we should. I think if we demy- demystify it and kind of share like how to use it appropriately. Um, I think that's where we'll get a little more buy-in from the community. And, we, and the more success stories we have, the more buy-in we'll get. Um, we're working with the City of Seattle um, Office of Economic Development um, on a capital readiness program that we'll be running. Um, so these are going to be opportunities where we can really help folks see uh, what a loan could be for, for your business.
1: Yeah, no, that's important. And I think you just hit on something that I kind of want to end with here, because when we think about long term strategy for any business in terms of sustainability, growing the business, how do y'all really help in that regard? Because this is a network, right? And I think sometimes um, business owners just need the other connections or they need the exposure to them. Um, Are y'all facilitating those kinds of relationship building opportunities?
2: Yeah, that's part of the thriving Black business community, right? And thriving Black business community includes folks from other groups as well, right? We need uh, people that have, um, you know, CEO experience, people that have banking experience, accounting experience. We need uh, marketing professionals out there. We need media professionals out there, right? Like, it all has to work together. It can't be this um, siloed uh, effort. Um, So, yeah, that's, that's, pivotal to what we do. Like money is the third of the the three most important things. Network number one, skills, infrastructure. I'm going to keep saying this, uh, strategic plan assistance. And then the money comes because mm-hmm. usually folks that have those first two, they already have connection to money, right? They have the uncle down the street or the friend down the street that has all the insights needed to, to take an idea, to uh, bring an idea into fruition. Um, so, yeah. And, and uh, uh, this is another thing, like we're a small own, we're a small black owned business as well. So we're growing with our clients. Like We, we don't have it all figured out. Mm-hmm. Um, our team, Kenny Shelton, um, is our lending officer. Uh, he has experience working with businesses. Um, our marketing officer, Amanda Williams, uh, she started Seattle Green Book. Um, So she's all in on this. She has education background like myself, Um, and then Melly Miller, our fractional CFO. She has twenty-seven years of banking, so she's helping bring it all in to um, you know having a strong balance sheet and strong strategy moving forward. So uh, we're looking to grow. So is a. like I said, a tool for the community in the future.
1: Wow, Dion, this is fantastic. Of course, if folks out there are wanting to connect and maybe they have an amazing business and they need your assistance, or maybe there's somebody out there who has resources or funding, look right there, let folks know how they connect with you.
2: You can definitely connect me, connect with me over uh, on LinkedIn, Dion Cook. Um, you can also reach out to Densham Co-op through LinkedIn or Instagram. Uh, that's at Um, And you can also reach out to info at denshamcoop.com. And please go to the website, denschumco-op.com. I don't there know is. if I said that enough.
1: <laughs> Dion, thanks so much for joining me today. And I'm here anytime you have a new application open or some other cool funding source. Let me know so we can make sure that people are informed. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Wow, what a great way to start off this Monday with so much great information. This is going to continue because up next, we have Haru Chayez Amen in the building bringing us another Mindfulness Monday segment where we're going to be learning about something that we get to take with us in terms of our own health and wellness. You know, these segments come to you every first Monday of the month. So I'm glad that he's going to be giving us some other types of information that we can all use. Y'all stay Stay tuned right after this short break. You're watching The Day with Trey. Kick off the holidays with Irving Berlin's White Christmas at the Fifth Avenue Theater. Music, dancing, and a real snowfall at every performance. Buy tickets now for the whole family. White Christmas at fifthavenue.org. A new COVID vaccine is here. It's designed to help prevent the COVID variants that we're seeing spreading now. Even if you got COVID before or got COVID booster shots and the vaccine, it's important to get this new vaccine. It's safe to get the COVID shot and the flu shot at the same time. Get both to prevent serious illness this fall and winter.
0: Habari my name is Noni Irvin, and I am the creator and founder of Kanara Park Kids. As well as the president of our sister nonprofit, Black Four Charities, a 501c3 fiscally sponsored by Shunpike. Together we are hosting the Kwanzaa Awards because it is important that we acknowledge and recognize the contributions and efforts of individuals and organizations who are showing us what the Kwanzaa principles look like throughout the year. The nomination window is open October 1st to November 30th. And yes, you can submit more than one nomination.
1: Eligibility is simple.
0: Individual award recipients must identify as Black, African American, or Pan African. And organization award recipients must be 100% Black owned if for profit or 100% Black led if nonprofit.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to the Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. Joining me right now is the one and only Haru Chaez Amen. Hi, Haru.
0: Peace, Trace. Good to see you again.
1: Yeah, you too. I mean, these segments are really helpful. And I love that we have this Mindfulness Monday, first Monday of the month. You know, we were talking a little bit earlier about consciousness. And this is kind of a deeper topic here. But I think it's important for people to kind of start to understand and unpack a bit. Tell us more about how consciousness is such a huge part of health and wellness.
0: Yeah, well, you know, like we were talking about earlier today, the, the issue around consciousness is that it connects to everything. Um, a lot of times we're having physical ailments. We're having mental ailments. We're having personal relationship ailments and things like that. And we're wondering why we're in those predicaments. Right. And I've been, you know, kind of going through some things myself and realizing that it's, it's more a life force issue. It's how my life force has been impacted. There's always a fundamental cause or root cause for every event that we're dealing with, every circumstance that we're dealing with. We have to discover that root cause. Um, through through some deep study, meditation, and reflection, and some of my teachers have taught me that it's really what you what you identify as. Are we identifying as the the problem? As are we identifying as this brokenness? Are we identifying as something that's greater than us? A lot of times we talk about oh, you know, I got to worry about or I got to think about the consciousness or the conscious mind or the subconscious mind and things like that. And we think that's just a sub part of us, but what are we really? At the end of the day, we are consciousness itself, and that perspective of 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 identifying with consciousness as a, a person personification of who we are becomes paramount in overcoming the issues that we're addressing. If I identify as a broken human being, for instance, that's had all these traumatic experiences, I don't see a solution. If I if I identify with um a, a, a an aspect of my being that can't you know understand. The complexity of, this, of the structure and i can't figure out where it needs to be repaired i have to identify with the thing that is the creator of it all which is what i am
1: this is really uh such an interesting topic because i've been learning about this personally and i really want to understand from your perspective how do people who maybe haven't been studying it because it seems like such a large concept how do they really begin to break it down? I mean, what are some of the ways that you guide folks to understand this?
0: Uh, well, come to Qigong. Um, <laughs> the Qigong practices on, on Saturdays are really geared towards creating a space where you can be mindful, where you can be present in the moment, where you can really take some time to relax. You know, we spend a lot of time exercising. We work out, we lift weights for the muscles and things like that. I'll go run for my heart and things like that. I'll eat healthy and stuff. But when do we spend some time really reflecting? Um, Qigong is really designed to take some time to relax the body, relax the mind, calm the breathing, right? And then start to dive in on purpose to this identification with your natural state of being. What are you? Who are you? Where are you? Why are you and how do you answer these questions? And then how do you begin to change the way that you see yourself interacting in these moments so that you're successful in every aspect of your life?
1: Yeah, well, see, this is this is important because I'm always uh, encouraging people to find their purpose, right? I, I I just have this theory. I I don't know if it's been proven or anything, but my theory is is that if everyone is living in their purpose, like we we just have a better world, right? We we really do. I mean, I think there's uh, that we always understand. Okay, there's need for different adversities in my life because it helps me grow and helps me realize like the need for a higher being in my life to, to for me to unite. Um, But but I also think that there's something really special about what you're talking about and then people finding their purpose. Do you feel like there's a connection or correlation between Qigong practice and people really having that self-reflection where they can begin to find maybe the pathway for their purpose?
0: Well, definitely your first identification to to align with your purpose like you're talking about is to identify as the true self. Right. We're talking about like, oh, I want to be, you know, a doctor, a lawyer. I I want to be, you know, um, a basketball player, whatever it is that we have. I want to find my niche in in the world. But the first thing you have to begin to identify with is who and what you are. I got to identify with the true self. If I don't have a successful understanding of who and what I am, how can I take that? that message out into the world and live accordingly how can i be that healthy you know representation of that professional that i want to be so qigong again helps us to align with our natural state of being um i can't access my genius i can't fully tap into my creativity if i can't tap into the, the true self. And so starting with Qigong, we start with Buji. We stand in this position, this natural position that's designed to align the body, align the mind, align you with the spirit, or align you with consciousness itself, and then work on the breathing. We slow the breathing down so that now your brain can get the nourishment that it needs to begin to solve these complex problems. And so now once I become Uh, identified with my natural state, I I find this joy, this happiness, this contentment. And from that contentment or that association with contentment, now I can be successful. A lot of us are looking for success as a form of, you know, finding a way to happiness. But we have to flip that. I have to be happy in order to be successful.
1: Mm. This is always, it's always so deep on these Mondays because honestly, like these are keys to life, essentially. I mean, like we're talking about real true keys to life because I I think maybe it's in our society. I mean, there's a lot of different reasons why a lot of folks associate certain things with success or happiness. like. It's constantly played over and over again. I always think about content and how there's really no content that reflects what you're describing. There's a need for that, by the way. You know, I'm working on it. Don't worry, y'all. But ultimately, there's a need for that because content also helps to reproduce the ideas that people then begin to take on and identify themselves as. And so there's something really special here about what you're sharing in terms of it being real keys to life and it brings me back to consciousness here now you're saying identifying with the true self is really understanding that you are consciousness itself and qigong really helps folks get into a self-reflective mode where they're able to do that um when people come out of qigong and kind of come back to like Whoa, this is you know my life. How does the continued practice help them delve into this even more?
0: Most people find that when practicing Qigong long- term, they see benefits across the spectrum of their life, and they they realize then they can practice it everywhere. Um I work in i t. I walk into a meeting um, of execs and, and new IT professionals on, on a regular basis every Tuesday, matter of fact, so day after tomorrow or tomorrow, um, I, I'll be in that, that room or that space. And the first thing that I do is I set the chief field. So I work on breathing. I work on, on, on really setting a vibe, setting a tone. And so as people walk into the space, as they come into the room, they start to relax Right. So how do you how do you then solve the problem that we're, we're focusing on? We're relaxing. So so we see this this really permeating through the, the, the employee, um, the, 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 the professional area. Yeah. We can take this into our workplaces. We can take this into our families. So we start seeing health inside of corporate institutions. We start seeing health inside of black families. We start seeing health inside of our, our per- interpersonal relationships, which are so important. Right. So Qigong is not just a space to go find some relaxation. Right. It's a it's a state of mind that carries you throughout your life. Right. And permeates throughout that um, that daily walk that you have.
1: Oh, see, now that's the topic for next month already. I, we had time. We would dive into it today. But that's that's essentially why it's so important and so powerful is utilizing it everywhere you are and understanding it. Of course, if folks want to connect with you, you know, definitely you can tell them how they get the details to be there at Qigong on Saturday mornings. Look right there. Let the folks know how to connect.
0: Definitely. First of all, you are not conscious. You are consciousness itself. So be what you truly are. Find the true self and identify as that. You can find me on Instagram, Heru Nefer, H-E-R-U-N-E-F-E-R on Instagram. You can email me at Heru at HeruChayazamin.com. You can text or call me 206-414-9173. I'm always available to have conversations. Schedule a 30-minute conversation with me. It's free of charge. We can talk about your life's journey.
1: No, thank you so much for being here on these Mondays. It's really grounding for me and I appreciate you being here.
0: It's a pleasure. Keep breathing. Absolutely.
1: Keep breathing. Y'all, this is always great. I get to wrap up all this greatness right after this short break. Stay tuned. You're watching The Day with Trey.
2: Big Tobacco thinks they know everything. They think they know you, your community. Places you go, the way that you spend your time. They think they got you all figured out down to a formula, a calculation based off of numbers of what they think they know. Show them they're wrong. Learn more at theythinktheyknowyou.org.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to The David Trey. Of course, I'm your host, Trey Holiday. What an amazing Monday episode. Huge shout out to my guest today, Dion Cook, for bringing us the information about Denchum. Make sure you go there. If you're a business owner or know someone who needs the funding, or if you have access to funding, hit them up because they're doing great work in making sure that this funding is getting to the people who are doing amazing things in our community. And of course, another huge shout out to Haru Chayez Amen for being with me on this mindfulness this Monday, as he kind of guided us through the ways that we get to identify ourselves as consciousness itself and how we can use Qigong the practice of it, to do that very thing. You know, it may seem like, whoa, what is that? What are we talking about here? But the practice of Qigong really helps to guide you through it all so that you don't have to try to think about it yourself, um, but you can actually be guided. And he's an amazing instructor. So join in on these free Qigong classes every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. But you know, of course, for me, I was just inspired by what both of them shared today. My guest really brought the reason why they are living in their purpose and some of the ways that you get to benefit from it. For me, it's always so important that we take this inspiration into our own lives so that we too can be inspired to do our part and see ourselves as a part of the solution. Y'all know for me until tomorrow at 11 a.m. Peace.